I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show needs your support, and it's not going to cost you a dime. If you're getting ready to shop on Amazon, start at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Click through the Amazon Gold Box on our homepage. And a percentage of those purchases will help support the show at no extra cost to you. The same goes for all the buy links on our site, including our guest products and all the items featured in Christopher and Eric's favorites. Thank you for listening. And thank you for your support. And now it's time for another episode episode of The Dinner Party Show. Brought to you by you. Hi, this is desperate, fabulous, beautiful, marvelous author MJ Rose, because Chris told me to say that, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show. I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, no. We're going to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and welcome to Dark Nights Fest, our jam-packed, fantabulous salute to all the New York Times best-selling authors featured in A Thousand and One Dark Nights who have yet to grace the Dinner Party Show this year. That's right. As Kiss the Flame Month continues here on the Dinner Party Show, you can visit our podcast library at thedinnerpartyshow.com to download our previous interviews with Dark Nights authors like Carrie Ann Ryan, Kristen Proby, Lexi Blake, twice, Julie Kenner, Elizabeth <laughs> Naughton, Larissa Ione, and Jennifer L. Armentrout. That was last week. What's more, the steamy new novellas from all of those authors, as well as tonight's guests, are available for sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com. And that's not all. Tonight, we put the same question to all of our guests. If you had to spend the rest of your life on a desert island, which romance novel would you bring with you? Their answers are now posted under the Guest Favorites tab on the Christopher and Eric's Favorites page at thedinnerpartyshow.com. So, without further ado, we bring you Dark Nights Fest. Our first guest... Rebecca Zanetti, Alexandra Ivy, 
and Laura Wright. New York Times bestselling author Rebecca Zanetti resides in the Pacific Northwest with her husband. Her 1001 Dark Nights novella, Teased, releases on December 5th, 2015. That's any day now. And it's part of her Dark Protectors series, which features a coalition of vampire shifters and witches. Welcome to the Dinner Party Show, Rebecca. Thank you. So tell us about your new novella. Well, it's like you said, a takeoff on the Dark Protectors. So it has vampires and a little adventure. The, the hero was in the Dark Protector books, but he was kind of a secondary hero. And so now he's been sent on a mission to stop a woman who's um, writing some newspaper articles about vampires existing. Okay, so is, is he a vampire? Yes, he is. Okay. But my vampires can go into the sun. They're just another uh, species on Earth. They're not... They can't turn anybody into a vampire. They're oh, actually, oh, that's a really interesting, interesting. take on it. Yeah. What's the What's the significance of teased? Uh, well, there's a little bit of teasing that goes on in the book. It's a little bit spicy. So, in in terms of the whole series, do you have some of the heroes are shifters and some are witches and some are vampires? Do you sort of shift around and alternate? Yes, I have, and um, all of the immortal species are just different species, just like humans. They can't turn anybody into anything. But what they already are. Okay, so is it like it's like a genetic variation in the in the population? But what if a shifter married a vampire? Would they have shifter vampire babies? Yes, they would. Excellent. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna hit you with the same question we've been hitting all of our Dark Knights authors with this evening, and maybe you'll cheat. Maybe you won't. We'll see. It's uh, you know. I know. I'm not giving her permission to cheat. We I want swear. everybody to answer the Christopher question. Christopher brings up the whole cheating yeah. thing, and then it's all anybody can think about. Here, How can I cheat. Here is the question: If you had to spend the rest of your life on a desert island, and you could only take one romance novel with you, which one would it be, and why? <laughs> Come on, you guys. It's a struggle. <laughs> see, it's always a struggle. It's all well, about first wheedling. Of all, when I read that in the email, I didn't see the word romance, so I thought I could take any novel or mm. any book. Well, you can do that. I think we would be, we're, since we're willing to let people cheat, mm. I think that we could certainly <laughs> let you maybe err a little bit. We'll see. We'll see what you pick. Maybe one of each. Let's go with that. One romance, one non-romance. So it's all about compromise here at the Dinner Party Show. I see. Christopher's running for something. I can tell. Yeah. Um, well, my answer that I had prepared was probably something really boring, like the history of the world or something that would keep me entertained on a deserted island. Ah, so I could make, strategic. Well, yeah, my plan was to read one page a day and then learn something every day. Otherwise, I'd go crazy on an island. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a smart answer. But if I'm going to choose a romance, right. I would probably have to choose one of Lexi Blake's with Ian Taggart in it. Oh. He's my favorite hero of all oh. time. So any book that he's in is what I would probably take. Absolutely. Do you have a particular favorite of his? Or? I can't remember... Um, well, he's in her, all of her books. It's the Masters and Mercenaries series, so I think they're all named for James Bond films. There's Master No, The Man with the Golden Cuffs, The Dom Who Loved Me. <laughs> I love those. We titles. interviewed Lexi Blake she earlier this so year at the great. beginning of Kiss the Flame Month, and that episode is in our podcast archive. If anyone wants to go back, it was aired just a few weeks ago. In That's fact, our books, but we'll overlap some of them as we um, put them into your favorites category. Okay. <laughs> Rebecca is writing this down. <laughs> well, Rebecca Zanetti, thank you so much for joining us this evening for Dark Nights Fest. We want to remind everybody the novella is called Teased. It releases on December 5th, and it is available now for pre-order at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Rebecca, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye. 
Together, New York Times bestselling authors Alexandra Ivy and Laura Wright write the Bayou Heat series, which focuses on the Pantera, sexy shapeshifters who live in a magical secret community in the Louisiana swamp. Welcome, Alexandra. Hello, hello. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. We love being here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Laura, let's start with you. uh, Your Dark Knights novella is, I think, what we call a duology. Is that correct? It focuses on two different characters. Rage and Killian. Talk to us about Rage and Killian. So Alex writes Rage. She always writes the first one, which means that I can read hers and then sort of, you know, take what she's written and then write my own off of hers. And we just sort of continue the storyline. What so an in the interesting next book, process. I know. It's actually amazing. And we work really well together, right, Alex? You'd and have to. um because you know, she then she can write her own story the way she would want to. Uh, I wrote Killian, and Killian uh, is my first time writing a human male. Well, he starts he start started off as human, but uh, <laughs> I know, which is really interesting because we usually do one of the uh, one of the really hot Pantera dudes, and um, but this time I wanted to write a human guy that was a soldier who went into a facility to treat his PTSD. And instead, unfortunately, he was injected with Pantera DNA Ooh, without oh his knowledge. You know, this can happen. So be careful. I hate that. You yeah, guys go that's into so a tricky. Facility. Sort I know. of like Jane, Jane the Virgin, except worse. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> don't, don't expose yourself. You're like, you know. Or better, I guess, depending on how you feel about being a shifter. <laughs> right. They have a lot of power and they get, you know, they get, uh, they get a lot of perks being, being shifters. Right? But so when he's when he's uh, found out by my heroine Rosalie, who is um, a hunter and she's super damaged, I have a thing about damaged, broken people without families that sort of find their way, you know, through that and and find a family through their friends or right. a new love interest. And she has just um, lost her mate a few books back. And uh, so when we meet her, she is feral. She is like in her in her Pantera form and hasn't gotten out of that form. And they have this this you know really sexy back and forth thing where he's really trying to pull her out of you know this damaged place, and she's resisting at every turn. But of course, they come back together and and find each other as they have to do in a romance, and as they should do. So Laura, as we all are hoping for in reality. But no, that's. But but we some mostly have to settle for it in romance. So Laura just told us all about Killian and some about your writing process. Why don't you talk to us about Rage? Okay. Rage is, of course, a Pantera. And um, the Pantera are a group of shifters, puma shifters, sexy puma shifters that ah. live in the wildlands of Louisiana. And when we first started the uh, series, they were in danger of becoming extinct. And as the books have gone on, we've um, gone through a crazed goddess uh, that tried to kill them off. And now they are combating when that crazed happens. Humans. I know. <laughs> and now they've gone to crazed humans who are using Always their blood. The I know. And they're using their blood to try to create a longer life and... Uh, super soldiers now. Mm. So oh, Puma soldiers. They, I know. Super I Puma so. soldiers. Say that right? five times fast. Super Puma yeah. soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> and so they um, are now trying, the, the Pantera are trying to figure out who the humans are who are doing this. 
So Rage is my puma hunter, mm. and he's super sexy. He's uh, kind that's of a bad convenient. boy. Oh, yeah, that's part of what bad, makes him super sexy. Yes. And uh, he's also a playboy. He likes, you know, play around a little. Um, but he's one of the best hunters. So my heroine is Lucy, who is a super genius, but very troubled as most super geniuses are. I know. Just ask Eric Shaw Quinn. He's the a very you, troubled super genius. The yes. more you know, is a really has. It's a mixed blessing. <laughs> it's a burden. Yeah, it's it's hard to be brilliant. Uh, and so she has left the wildlands, but they need her brilliance because she's the best hacker. And you know, she was doing tedious things like hacking into the Pentagon, and you know, so they they kicked her out. But now, of course, they need her services. Mm-hmm. This always happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to track down the people making the super soldiers. So he goes to find her, and um, sparks fly when they meet. At first, the angry sparks, and then the hot sparks fly um, as they, like um, they do. As they do when you have a super genius and a super sexy. Excellent, excellent. All right. <laughs> So, Laura, our next question, if you, if you were headed to a desert island for the rest of your life, what is the one romance novel you would take with you? You could only take one. <sighs> the one. The taking the one. Well, I'm going to assume at, on this island that it's also deserted and that yes. there's no one else on it. So I wouldn't bring a series book and I wouldn't bring something highly erotic because I would just make myself crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't so, know. You are alone. <laughs> I'm alone, but like, you know. I know. You know what I'm saying. Sand and let's stuff. Not, let's not pretend. Um, I, would t- I think I'd take Knight in Shining Armor by Jude Devereaux. It's the first romance novel I've ever read. It was my gateway drug and it totally transformed me. And it's a time travel. So I got some modern and I got some historical and it's, you know, super, super romantic. Sounds excellent. Jude Devereaux. What oh. a, you just about have to be a romance novelist with a name like Jude Devereaux, wouldn't you? <laughs> that, was, that was in the days when they picked their names or their houses picked their, because that's not her real name. But, you know, that's when they picked the names. I'm That would be another awesome question for you guys at some point. Like, what would your, if a house picked your name? What would it be? Oh, I, I've always heard it's supposed to be, your last name is supposed to be the liquor that you drank to celebrate your first book deal. That's how my friend <laughs> became it, Kathleen Corbell. Yeah, but then you'd have like 20, you know, Laura Champagnes out there. You know? <laughs> Laura. Janice Champagne. The Champagne family. The Champagnon. Or I Champagne. would be Travis King Cobra. All right, Laura. <laughs> so we just heard from Laura. Now, Alexander, you're on the spot. If you had to spend the rest of your life on a desert island and you could only take one romance novel with you, which one would it be and why? Super, super easy question. Pride and Prejudice. Oh, um, wow. Always my favorite. The, the, I, the starter cat, right? It was. It. I had started to read some romances, but when I read Pride and Prejudice, it. I, I'm not like it just literally blew me away. Not just the characters, although I spent all of my adolescence in love with Darcy. Of course. Uh, I know. How could you, you know. not be? But it was the writing. I just, for the first time when I read a book, it was all about the writing. It was about the wit and, the, you know, the sly little digs. And then from there, I actually went on to read all the uh, wonderful Noel Cowards and Oscar Wilde. Oh, yes. But, you know, it was the language and her sense of humor, mm-hmm. and I reread it every single year. 
Excellent. And the other thing that's wonderful about Pride and Prejudice is that Darcy picks the best person, not the cutest person, not the most oh. obvious person. He picks the best person. And I don't know that that happens enough in real life, but it's nice when you're reading something to be assured that it can happen. Exactly. Yeah. And he, you know, in some ways saves her, but it took away from the historicals that were, because I was reading a lot of Rosemary Rogers and stuff, which, you know, at the time I loved, but, you know, it was all about him saving her. But in the end, really, Elizabeth saves Darcy yes. from himself. Excellent. Absolutely. You know, a beautiful story. Laura Wright, Alexandra Ivy, they write together. It's the Bayou Heat series. Rage and Killian is the duology they have released through 1001 Dark Nights. It's available for purchase at the dinnerpartyshow.com. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. Tonight, Dark Nights Fest continues as we salute those New York Times bestselling contributors to 1001 Dark Nights who've yet to appear on The Dinner Party Show this year. That's right. Next up, it's Lorelai James and Laura Adrian. Lorelai James is the New York Times and USA Today best-selling author of contemporary erotic Western romances set in the modern-day Wild West, and also Excellent. some contemporary erotic romances that don't have cowboys. <gasps> but who cares about those? <laughs> her latest 1001 Dark wait, Nights wait. novella is called Strip Down, and it's part of her Black Top Cowboys series. Ooh. Lorelai, welcome to the Dinner Party Show. Tell Thank us. you so much. Yes, and tell us about your novella. Now we were asking the what's to talk to us about what the blacktop is and blacktop. Yeah, blacktop cowboys. cowboys. That's I love that title. That's so well. Hot. Black blacktop cowboys really refers to anybody who is on the roads, you know, dri- driving truck, driving horse trailers or whatever, going from event to event. Excellent. And I thought that that would be, you know, when I came up with the series title, I thought that would be a good way for me to have a little bit of leeway if, well, hey, these cowboys don't work out. I could write about truckers or I could right? write about rock stars or, or anything like that. Yeah, so that on was the road. Anything like can happen yeah. on the road. Yeah, I think Eric is all lit up over here. Doesn't really <laughs> count on the road. He's like, is it about truck drivers? And I was like, I don't know if there's a big truck driver genre of romance. It's but that, It's that out on the, yeah, it's that wild right? and on the, it's, yeah, I guess it's like the Jack Kerouac tradition. It's that yeah. sort of, you go out on the road and anything could happen and it doesn't really count because you've, you've left your civilization behind. This is going to be, when you finally road. do have a husband, this is going to be a really uncomfortable <laughs> conversation that you're going to have with him. Okay, Lorelai, so tell us about your Dark Nights Yeah, Nice tell us about Strip Down, yeah. Strip Down actually was supposed to be my little fun novella um, hookup at a wedding. Mm, and excellent. so I'm writing along, and all of a sudden I come up with these issues. And this is supposed to be a novella. This is not a 125,000 word book, which I, you know, which is what I usually write. And um, so it ended up being a fun hookup, hot, sexy, you know, at the wedding, the best man and the huh. um, maid of honor type of thing. But then it it and it grew into something completely different that I didn't um, plan on. Which I is love when that happens. Yeah, it's it's shocking. So I'm. I'm texting with my editor going, okay, um, she has an issue and we have, you know, this going on and this going on. And she's like, she, you can never really write anything super simple, can you? So, <laughs> for, for what that's worth. Um, but I had a really good time 
I love the shorter format because I do tend to write long. And so you can really focus in on that relationship with those two people. So that was, you know, that's a good that's a good thing for me to be able to do with this spin-off series. That's excellent. Well, it sounds like a great point of departure, the wedding hookup that turns into more. Yeah, right? Absolutely. That sounds perfect. All right, Laura, we're going to ask you the same question we've been asking all of the Dark Knights authors featured in Dark Knights Fest, as we're calling it tonight. If you had to spend the rest of your life on a desert island and you could only take one romance novel with you, which one would it be and why? I would probably drown because I would have to take three books. <laughs> okay, we'll let you take three. <laughs> okay. I'm how big take, are these books? Or how bad well, a swimmer are you? Well, I'm going to take Outlander. Okay. okay. All right. Yes. That's a popular choice. Very uh, hot. Gone with the Wind. Okay. That one would drown you. Yeah, that would really yeah, right? do it. <laughs> I hope and, you take a digital um, version. Naked and Death by J.D. Robb. Oh, okay. I think, all right. J.D. Robb is the alter ego of Miss Nora Roberts, the reigning right. queen of romance. Excellent. That is her Eve that's Alice That's great, that's a, I love this sort of the spread there. It's very sort of all things. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's what we try to get away from by asking people to bring one book, but if they're going to bring <laughs> three, they can have a little library with them out on that I desert I think that island. sounds great, but yeah, you're right. If I, I think that... that Gone with the Wind would take you straight to the bottom. That thing is a chunk. But if you were there for the rest of your life, it would definitely, it might take that long to read it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Lorelai James, the novella is called Strip Down. It's part of the Blacktop Cowboys series. Did I say that correctly? Blacktop Cowboys series. It's available for sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com along with all of the Dark Knights novellas featured on tonight's (laughs) show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lorelai. Thank you for having me. Laura Adrian is the New York Times and number one internationally best-selling author of the Midnight Breed Vampire Romance series with nearly four million books in print and digital worldwide and translations licensed to more than 20 countries. Her books regularly appear in the top spots of all the major bestseller lists and her 1001 Dark Nights novella, Stroke of Midnight, is another installment in that best-selling series. Welcome to the Dinner Party Show, Laura. Well, thanks for having me, you guys. It's so great to have you here absolutely now tell us all about your novella stroke of midnight um well uh, like i said it's uh part of the midnight breed series it's actually book 13.5 in the series but i i wrote it to be a standalone which i try to do with all of my novellas and i i like to do something different with each of my books in the series and for this one um i actually spun off a character that I first introduced in my last 1001 Dark Nights novella, Tempted by Midnight. Interesting. So, yeah. So, and it wasn't really intentional, but I've kind of got this little micro series going now with all of these vampire warriors out of the Rome um, outfit. And the character for Stroke of Midnight is one of those guys. And his name is Jahan. And he is actually something we haven't seen before in the series. He comes from a royal line in Morocco. So I wanted wanted to do something that kind of played with the whole Arabian Nights feel and then also kind of bring in just a little something different to the series in general. So you've got like this modern vampire warrior and I wanted to bring it back into something a little bit more romantic and exotic and kind of play up the whole Moroccan, you know, setting and everything so it's, you know it, it's interesting that you brought that up laura because oh. we don't talk about that a lot but that, that in a thousand one dark nights all the contributors bring their own worlds to it but it is a cross-marketing platform that's tied in 
by this idea that that it is like Scheherazade telling that every novella is a story that she is telling to exactly. delay her uh, execution. Yeah, so how interesting <laughs> for you to 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 revisit the whole the original idea, the sort of nascent. Maybe for the re- for people who haven't been initiated, maybe a little background on the the series in general, the Midnight Breed Vampire series. Yeah, talk to us about what your vampire warriors are. What is a vampire warrior in your world? Okay, well it. Um, I always wanted to write vampires, thanks in part to your mom, Christopher. <laughs> no kidding, right? One, oh, totally. Like one of my childhood literary heroes. So I'm fangirling quietly over here while we talk. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But, uh, but anyway, no, from when I wanted to write this uh, series, it was basically I wanted to write vampires, but I wanted to put my own spin on it. And as much as I love the traditional vampire, I also wanted to do something a little more contemporary and um, – almost science fiction-y in a way, because my vampires aren't the undead. They're actually a kind of an alien-human hybrid. Hmm. And, yeah, and when the series started, it was about a band of warriors in Boston um, set in modern times, and they're basically trying to keep humans safe from vampires that had gone rogue. And my vampires in the series are called the Breed. So they're, um, uh. they were unknown to humans. And after 10 books, I had no idea the series would go quite as long as it has. Surprise! Yeah, right, a good surprise. Right. After 10 books, I wanted to kind of mix it up a little bit, so I decided what I was going to do is have the vampires be outed in a really bad way. So there's this whole second arc of the series that started at book 11, where now vampires and humans are aware of each other, and now there's all these different new conflicts. Mm. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, what it's about. Cool, I love that mythology. That's really great. And we want to remind everybody that Stroke of Midnight, along with all of the novellas featured on tonight's show, are available from the Dinner Party Show Com. All right, Laura, we're going to hit you with the same question we've been hitting everybody with, which is if you had to spend the rest of your life on a desert island and you could only take one romance novel with you, which one would it be and why? Well, it would have to be a really big book. And right? I would Good strategy. I think that's you're the first to say that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I actually think being stranded on a desert island with one book would be its own brand of hell. Right? But um, I guess I would probably pick Outlander. It's one of those books where I've started it about a million times and never finished it. But if I'm there <laughs> for the duration of my life, I think I could probably read it. I think you're right. More than once. Yeah. I think that's an excellent that's, I just I just think that's the first we've heard tonight. Yeah. Uh, that's the, really... the long book to keep me occupied right? strategy. We, we'd also consider the possibility that maybe if you took a really big book, it might sink you and you might not make it to the <laughs> desert <laughs> island. In the first well, there's, it's a flawed question, right? Like, right. We're, you're, you have to go to this desert island, but first take a book. Like, who would give you that ultimatum? Right. You'd want, I want a book that floats. Yeah, exactly. It could be a flotation device. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Laura, Adrian, thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, we wish you the best of luck on the next 13 books in the Midnight Breed series. Seems to be going well so far. Yeah, so far so good. Thanks, guys. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the dinnerpartyshow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature that's all about stuff we love. That's right. It's called Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Each month, we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them, too. You can visit Christopher and Eric's favorites at thedinnerpartyshow.com, and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added to the site. And remember, if you use any of the buy links on thedinnerpartyshow.com, a percentage of your purchase will help support the operation of the show. 
You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we're back with Dark Nights Fest 2015. Next up, New York Times bestselling authors Laura Kay, Donna Grant, and Melissa Foster. New York Times and USA Today bestseller Laura Kay is the author of over 20 books in romantic suspense and contemporary and paranormal romance. Among her many awards, she recently won the RT Book Review's Reviewer's Choice Award for Best Romantic Suspense of 2014. Excellent. This for her novel, Hard As You Can. Mm. A former college history professor, Laura grew up amid family lore involving angels, ghosts, and evil eye curses, cementing her lifelong fascination with storytelling and the supernatural. Excellent. Her 1001 Dark Nights novella is called Hard As Steel, (laughs) and it's a crossover, and I'll let her tell us how it's a crossover, but first, welcome to the Dinner Party Show, Laura Kay. Thank you, thank you. So talk to us about your novella, and it is it is a meeting of two different series worlds. Hard as Steel. Yes, that's right. So Hard as Steel is a crossover between my existing Hard Ink series and my upcoming Raven Rider series. The main character in the novella is a man named Ike Young, and he works at the tattoo parlor, which is at the center of the hard ink world. And he's also a member of the Raven Riders Motorcycle Club, which is what the new series will be about. So that's how it's a crossover. Excellent. Cool. And we do want to tell our listeners, because we have a lot of gays who listen to the show, that you recently published what in the industry is called a male-male romance, which is a spinoff of one of these worlds, correct? I did, yes. The book Hard to Be Good in the Harding series is the story of uh, Jeremy Rixey, who's a tattoo artist at Hard Inc., and uh, Charlie Merritt, who is a guy who is a... A recent kidnapping victim, part of the suspense plot of the series, and they end up getting together. It's one of my favorite books in that series. Excellent. I love your title. Yes. Absolutely. Hard to be good. There's so much fun to be done with the word hard. I know, and you're having a good time. I'm just having a good time listening to how you do it. <laughs> love how you talk, We Ms. should Laura. see if Laura will do her own audiobooks for us. Anyway. Um, all right, Laura, we're going to ask you the same question we've been asking everyone on Dark Nights Fest. If you had to spend the rest of your life on a deserted island or a desert island. <laughs> whatever the fuck that whatever is. Whatever the fuck those things are. And you could only take one romance novel with you, which one would it be and why? It would be Lover Awakened by J.R. Ward. Wow. Because Zadist is the best tortured hero in all of Romance Landia. Wow. And I think he has the most powerful redemptive arc of any hero that wow. I've read. And I just adore him. Excellent. You were fresh out of the gate with that one. We've had a lot of hesitation tonight. And Good answer. Yeah. yeah, people are like, they're going to be held to account for it or and something. And that is from the Black Dagger Brotherhood series? That's right, yeah. That's correct. That's a very popular J.R. Ward uh, vampire romance series. And, uh, Excellent. You've got vampires, you've got tattoos, you've got leather, you've got fangs, you've got sex. How could you go wrong? wrong It's basically like a buffet of stuff Laura K likes. Right. Precisely. The Laura K buffet. The Laura K buffet. I like this. Excellent. That's the new name for your website. You can give Eric credit. All you can eat as hard as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us for Dark Nights Fest. We'll remind everyone that the novella is called Hard as Steel, and it's available for sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Thanks for being here. 
Donna Grant is the New York Times and USA Today best-selling author of the Dark King series featuring dragons. Yeah, that's right. I said dragons. Excellent. Immortal Highlanders and the Fae. She was born and raised in Texas, and she has quite literally the cutest Texas accent you have ever heard. Donna, is it okay that I call your accent cute? Yes, definitely. Okay, good. I don't want to offend anybody. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Donna. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I love hearing y'all. I love I, I listen to y'all all the time. So it's great to be here. Oh, thank that's so you. sweet. Thank great. You. Well, thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about your novella in the Thousand and One Dark Knight series, Dragon King. Right. So Dragon King is book six point five in the Dark King series. So and it's Dragon Kings, obviously, uh, set in Scotland. So mm. these are about dragons who have been around since the beginning of time. And they now hide among us. Immortal dragons. Yes. Yes, immortal. And they protect us from the fae and other unwanted beings that want the humans. Okay, so help us out. So the fae in your universe, they're they're not the nicest people? No, so there's two different sets of fae. So you have the dark fae, which is obviously the, the bad ones, and you have the light fae. Um, the, the dark fae you really want to stay away from. Those mm. are the ones that are really out to, like, well, humans are food for them, essentially. Ooh, oh, my. So, that, yeah, definitely want to avoid that. Well, they don't eat them. They just have sex with them until they're dead. So. <laughs> right. oh, are they good at it? <laughs> Very good at it. Well, <laughs> if you got to go. <laughs> Where can you sign Eric up for some of that dark fate? That's the way you have to go if you had to pick a way to die. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to toot your horn for you a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of dark fay and getting sex to death. I don't think there was a lot of dragons in romance before you, right, Donna? You sort of, you know, brought... Yeah, there was a couple. Um, I had been wanting to do dragons forever, and every time I brought them up, my publisher would go, ooh, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing they did when they first bought my Dark Sword series, which is the beginning of all this, really. Mm -hmm. And it was um, medieval paranormal, and they're like, we don't do historical paranormal. You know, you can't market it. Well, they did, and um, it took off. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> um, they asked me to time travel the guys to modern day. All this is set in Scotland. So I was like, well, of course, you know, I guess I can try it. And then they came to me and they said, the series is wrapping up. And I said, I know. And they said, we don't want it to end. And I was like, that's great. And they said, we want you to do something else. And I said, so I can spin it off. And they said, yeah. And I said, anything I want? And they said, yeah. And I said, dragons. And they went, great. And so that's how I think. <laughs> you tricked them. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. Well, Donna, we want to ask you one more question before you go. If you had to spend the rest of your life alone on a desert island and you could only bring one romance novel with you, which one would it be and why? That would be hard because I know I would bring a Karen Marie Moaning book. Definitely. But I love all her books, uh-huh. and if I dense them all into like one big huge edition, then I would be perfectly happy. But if I had to pick just one, I would probably go with Dark Fever. Excellent. So that's Dark Fever by, and I'm going to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, Karen Marie Moaning? Yes. Excellent. Don't that know is... that one. The excellent and new insight for, for for us, at least. Our, our, our listeners may all already be familiar. And it will be going up on our site. All of the recommendations we're getting, I'll call them the Desert Island recommendations from our Dark Knights <laughs> right? authors, will be posted tonight during the show at thedinnerpartyshow.com in our guest favorites section. And Dragon 
King comes out. Dragon King is already out. It's already and out. And it's available as well at thedinnerpartyshow.com. And if people buy it through thedinnerpartyshow.com, a percentage of their sale benefits the show. Donna Grant. And Donna. Thank you so much. <laughs> right. Every sale benefits Donna. Wherever you buy it. Donna, thank you so much for joining us today, for gracing us with your lovely accent. I think that's a, a more polite term for it. They're cute. <laughs> your adorably lovely accent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank it was you. great being here. Thank y'all. When she's not writing, New York Times and USA Today bestselling author Melissa Foster helps authors navigate the publishing industry through her author training programs on her website, Fostering Success. Excellent. She writes contemporary romance, new adult, wait for it, I'm still not finished, suspense, and historical fiction, and I think that's only maybe four of the 17 genres that she can write in. <laughs> and she has sold over 1.5 million books. Melissa, welcome to the Dinner Party wow. Show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so tell us about your Dark Knights novella. It just came out a few days ago. It's called Daring Her Love, and it is part, you have many different series universes, but I believe this is part of the Bradens series yes. universe. Yes, and the Bradens is part of the overall series called the Love and Bloom series. And this was a lot of fun to write because it, these characters aren't actually Bradens, but they're the best friends of the Bradens. So my readers will get to see the Bradens, whom they love, mm -hmm. um, but they'll also get to see Kat Martin, who is Brianna Braden's best friend, and my readers will know who she is. Um, but she's a bit of a vixen and a player, and she's tried to change her ways, and Kat has tried to be a good girl, uh -huh. um, but it's not working so well. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes for better reading. Yeah, absolutely. One stormy night, there's a delay in her flight, and she meets Eric James, who's a race car driver and also happens to be one of wow. uh, Hugh Braden's best friends. And he is very much of a player as well. And so he sort of coerces Kat into a um, a nice, devilish, wicked uh, wicked affair in, in a bathroom. A layover. <laughs> yes, that's exactly uh, right. That's exactly right. I was going to say, do they have to share a motel, an airport hotel room together? Is that how Ooh, it I love that video. Nothing that comfortable. Nothing. This is really dirty and dangerous and a lot of fun. Excellent. Uh, and she vows to forget it and immediately <laughs> Eric vows never to let her forget. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a rocky ride. Excellent. That Excellent. sounds really fun. That sounds great. And what a great perspective to see people through the eyes of their best friends. I love that. Like oh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> seeing Hamlet from backstage. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But uh, so it's interesting because this is a romance thing. I think you can you can spin off series universes forever because unlike in certain other genres, you're not killing everybody. <laughs> so they get Absolutely. to live and have a happily ever afters. And it's really fun because if you're, let's say that Kat is, a, is the sexy vixen, well, the girls that she hangs out with, some are sexy, some are not, you know, mm -hmm. but we all want to see them get their happily ever afters. Absolutely. So it's fun to explore them. Absolutely. All right, so Melissa, we're going to hit you with the same question we're hitting all our Dark Knights authors with. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. It's really a I'm toughie. Ready. If you had to spend the rest of your life on a desert island and you could only take one romance novel with you, which one would it be and why? Okay, first I have to say it's such an unfair question. It's totally right. unfair. <laughs> I would jump in the ocean. Now, if I had to pick my favorite, I would pick Try by Ella Frank. Ah. It's an erotic series. It's a male-on-male -male romance. And if ah. I'm stuck on an island by myself, I want more than one male in my book. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, you're going to win points with us for that Absolutely. Answer. In fact, I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> Try by Ella Frank. We got and it right. The next one is Take 
The second one is cake. I don't remember what the third one's called, but it's a fantastic series. I know. You know, to make the question fair, what we really should have said is you can take a Kindle, but you can only put like four or five books on it. Or yeah, we could have said what's... Well, I know it still wouldn't be enough for the rest of your life <laughs> and on it's a not, desert island. it's not actually a fair question or even a realistic one. I mean, what the hell is a <laughs> desert island? Like, is it is it just sand blowing across? Like, well, you you won't you won't last much longer than one book, so I guess you might as well just take the one. <laughs> Absolutely I do, true. I've always heard that term and always thought, what the hell is a desert island? I know, yeah, I know. I know, there's Where no are these water, located? So you're not going to live. Right. Right, exactly. Well, Melissa, Thank you for being the guest who explodes our unfair question here on the Dinner Party Show. To remind our listeners, the novella is called Daring Her Love. It is for sale along with all the Dark Nights novellas for this year at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Thanks again, Melissa. Thanks, guys. Thanks. (laughs) Greetings, literature lovers. I'm Honorio Rolthroat, and welcome to the Elperton's Cafe Book Club and Discussion Group. In light of the fact that Erotic romance continues to outsell books we truly value, such as next week's selection, a lovely memoir of a Parisian flea keeper told backwards from the point of view of his dog. We thought it sufficient to let you know that Christopher Rice has released a new volume in his Desire Exchange series. Kiss the Flame is now available for purchase through thedinnerpartyshow.com and Amazon, the latter of which I hold personally responsible for reducing the visibility of books no one wanted to read anyway. Hmm. Oh, it seems someone has altered my notes. Yeah, whatever. Just keep reading, Lady Pulitzer. Kiss the Flame, a desire exchange novella by Christopher Rice. Buy it now or I'll fucking kill you. Oh, these are most certainly not my original notes. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now, it's time for The Dish. We hope you kept your silverware. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. Tonight, we've been celebrating those contributors to 1001 Dark Nights who've yet to appear on The Dinner Party Show this year. And we've been finding out which romance novels they'd take with them if they were doomed to spend the rest of their lives on a desert island. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Right? We always keep it cheerful here on The Dinner Party Show. (laughs) To see a list of all their answers, head to the Guest Favorites tab on the Christopher and Eric's Favorites page of the dinnerpartyshow.com. But first, our last author for the evening, Shayla Black. Shayla Black's books have sold over a million copies and been translated into, uh, and my notes say, 15 dozen languages. Which is really impressive, Shayla. That's a lot of languages. That's a I, lot of languages. It may not be quite that many languages. But. I think it's either 15 languages or a dozen languages. Which one are we going to go with there, Shayla? Let's go with 15. You know what? It's it's they're close to one another. I didn't count. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Math okay. is not my skill. <laughs> this is a gotcha question. All no. right. 
For the past 15 years, I think that's where the number 15 came Very from. Very possibly. Right there. She's published across almost all of the romance subgenres and in a variety of different ways. Her 1001 Dark Knights novella, Pure Wicked, Ooh. is part of her Wicked Lovers series. Welcome, Shayla. Tell us about your new novella. <laughs> um, so my novella, Pure Wicked, is um, about a character who is a rock star. Mm, um, the I, best. I'd always, to do, I'd always wanted to do one of these books, right? And I was never like, right character, right time, right, you know, I just couldn't, the right situation wasn't there. Right. And then, um, and I had written a rock star early in the Wicked Lover series, but oh my gosh, what a spoiled, ridiculous, immature, wow, just wow. So it was accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was he was too, also... too accurate for romance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and he was also like, you know, I wrote, he came from the book Decadent, which was the second book in the series, and I wrote that book like in 2007, so there was no Justin Bieber, but I, I put a line in here with the hero from Decadent, you know, this particular hero of Pure Wicked Jesse goes back to see um, the hero of hero and heroine of book two, which is uh, Deacon Kimber, and he goes back to visit them because he was at one time engaged to Kimber, and he completely screwed that relationship up because he was such an immature brat, mm-hmm. and so... Um, when Deke answered the door, he just turned around and looked at his wife and he said, oh, your personal Bieber is here. <laughs> and it's really kind of accurate, you know, the, the partying and the booze and the drugs and the, you know, and so I knew he needed to grow up. Right. So finally, I was able to fast forward enough years that, um, you know, this guy finally had had enough. You know, he'd been famous since he was 16 it was really all he knew. So he finally had gotten to the point where. He was like, oh, like, I'm over it. I'm just so, so over it. And he, um, you know, the book starts with a tragedy sort of stemming from all of this over too much partying. And so um, it's he's really finally ready for a change in his life. And he ends up trying to hide from the press. And he finds this small town girl who you cannot help but feel sorry for her because she's been dumped by this, you know, guy who is supposed to be the it guy in this little bitty town they live in in Arkansas. Uh-huh. And um, the next thing you know, he's decided to up and marry her sister. Right. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. she's expected, oh, We know him. Ooh, wow. <laughs> she is expected to bake their cookies and make their wedding cake and Ouch. be the maid of honor. And, <laughs> and it's her younger sister. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> All right, Pavan, to find out the rest of what happens, download Wicked, I'm sorry, Pure Wicked, part of the Wicked Lovers series, and it's available for sale now at thedinnerpartyshow.com. title. All right, we're going to ask you the same question we've been asking everybody tonight on Dark Nights Fest. If you had to spend the rest of your life, Shayla, on a desert island and you could only take one romance novel with you, which one would you take and why? Something tells me she's not going to say one. That's why I'm foreshadowing that. Right? It's, it's dramatic uh, if, license. If you ever, yeah, if you ever um, have followed any of my interviews, you know that I pretty much say I do everything by mood. So it would be like the mood I was in when I got stranded. Right. 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 So, I mean, I have some favorites over the years, and I have a really small keeper shelf, but I would say I'm just such a moody reader. It's it's so hard for me to answer that question. Okay, but we're going to make you answer it anyway. If you wanted a romance novel that was going to make you think of home, you know, where where you consider home to be now at this point in your life, that you would take with you to this island so that you could connect with home, which book would that be? You know, I would say I have some things that I've had on my shelf for a long, long time. So I would say I have some old Elizabeth Lowell books I've always loved. 
Um, I have some old Tammy Ho books I've always loved. I would probably take a small collection of those. The Elizabeth Lowell, it, w- it was actually a three-book series. It was like only mine, only him, only yours, something. They were historicals from way back in the day. Um, I also am such a huge fan of um, Tammy Hogue put out a single title, I think, when she was still with Bantam writing romances, and it was called Lucky's Lady, and it's probably one of my favorite books. Excellent. Excellent. No, that wasn't See, so a, hard. With a little but there peer are pressure. so many. I feel like I'm leaving so many awesome books well, out. You know, Shayla, is. you're not actually going to have to go to a desert island. <laughs> In fact, we Thank you, thank you, thank we you. We kind of wonder about what a desert island would we even don't know. be. Like, we don't know. Does what that mean that it's a is. desert? Unless there's hot cabana boys and booze, I'm 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 a little like I probably wouldn't be there. Yeah, no, I just fling myself into the. Surf. But if we put hot cabana boys there, you wouldn't get any reading done. So we're gonna it's the six and one half dozen of the other. Well, you need right? a That's restorative, true. a restorative, a palliative. Shayla read. Black, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Dark Nights Fest. Thank you guys for having me. We want to remind everyone the novella is called Pure Wicked. It's part of the A Thousand and One Dark Night series, as are all the novellas we're featuring on tonight's show. That's why tonight's show is called Dark Night. Fest, and it's available for sale through the dinnerpartyshow.com. Bam! Thanks, Shayla. Thanks. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. She's back again, like the last time she was back and the time before that when she was back. Well, she is our favorite guest, and who better to kick off Favorites Month at the Dinner Party Show than our favorite guest of all? We call her our premier party person. Our queen of the demand, Anne Rice, a.k.a. Christopher's mom. She'll be with us live this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So leave a message for her on our party line at 323-PEZ-TDPS, and we might just play it live on the air. And be sure to join us on our Facebook page, because if there's one thing we know Anne Rice loves... It's Facebook. The Dinner Party Show, a new live cast, begins airing every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at thedinnerpartyshow.com or through our free mobile app. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, where all of our shows are available for free anytime you want to listen. <gasps> Wait, I'm never... Oh, first she said what? Oh, Dear me, hey, I'm Jonelle Sams, and aside from being the host of Live from Poison Creek and the relationship columnist for thedinnerpartyshow.com, I am also an avid murder mystery fan. So, when I found out that Eric Shaw Quinn had written a new murder mystery called Right Murder, I was excited. And then, I found out it was the first in a new murder mystery series. Well, I near about got the vapors. So then I read it. Well, I'll tell you what, it is not what I was expecting. Oh, it's a murder mystery, all right. There's plenty of murder, most foul, every time you turn around. But it is also gossipy. (laughs) Eric has lived in Los Angeles for a really, really long time, and it shows. Right Murder is chock full of enough behind-the-scenes Hollywood dish to make the tabloids blush. And funny, well, that Eric... Right Murder is about a certain has-been blonde bombshell. No, not that one. And the ghostwriter that she's done wrong. <laughs> no, not him. Sounds familiar? Anyway, they used to be best friends until she did him dirty. Well, now the fat's in the fire, and like it or not, they have to work together to find the killer and clear their names so that they can go 
back to being the kind of Hollywood trash that would shock Jackie Collins. I'm telling you, this right murder, I'm enjoying it so much, I may have to ask for forgiveness, but I'm going to finish it first. <laughs> right murder is available for purchase in your favorite formats through thedinnerpartyshow.com and at amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, and iBooks. I am telling you, get your copy today. Right murder. Fame is murder. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you've been listening to Dark Nights Fest for 2015. As a reminder, new novellas by all the authors you've heard from tonight can be purchased at thedinnerpartyshow.com, including the one penned by my co-host, Christopher Rice. It's called Kiss the Flame. Well, how sweet of you to mention that, Eric Jacquin. Thank, Thank you. you. You're very welcome. And it just so happens tonight's episode concludes Kiss the Flame month here Aww. on the Dinner Party Show, so we're never allowed to ever talk about it again. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll probably bring it up. We probably will, now and then. And we'd like to thank all the Dark Knights authors who joined us tonight Absolutely. and this year. And remember their picks for which novel they'd take with them if they had to spend the rest of their life on a desert island? They are all posted now under the Guest Favorites tab on Christopher and Eric's favorites page of thedinnerpartyshow.com. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you received a newsletter with their picks in your inbox during tonight's show. Ba-bam! Next week, we begin Favorites Month here at TDPS, and who better than our favorite guest of all time, premier party person, a.k.a. Christopher's mom, Anne Rice. That's this Sunday, December 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Until then, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Thanks. I've been to a marvelous party.